Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Good morning, you guys. I, uh, this wasn't how I was going to open, but um, I have a confession to make. Uh, I was sitting in the back, and I was watching you guys worship, and my goodness, you guys look like Jesus. <laughs> and I lost it. I, I was weeping the whole the whole time we were worshiping, and this is actually what I'm supposed to preach on, which is why I have to say this. You, you guys, you really don't have to work for it. <laughs> he lives in you, and you're really, you guys are so beautiful. <laughs> um, I I have no idea what Makoto uh, Fujimara said, but hopefully you guys got something out of that. I was supposed to note that video and say something about it, but you guys watched it, so we're good. Um, actually, the way I was going to open this morning was to say that uh, as I was um, as I was waking up this morning, kind of in that you know waking up state, I, uh, I thought about, oh, i got to bring the kids to kids' church, and Jordan's going to be on production, and man, I, I just get to sit in the service and participate in worship and listen to the message, and then it hit me, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm preaching the message, and then I was awake. <laughs> Um, but I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to, to do this um, in Pastor Jason's stead. Uh, by the way, if you already forgot, I am Samuel Ravensburg, and I haven't met all of you, and, and I hope one day to, to do that. But Oh, goodness. I was so ready, and then you guys started singing, and, and now I've got nothing, but... I'm going to do my best here. Okay, having grown up in Langley, (laughs) over the years, I have grown in my appreciation for our surroundings, especially the mountains. Um, But if I'm being totally honest, uh, I haven't always noticed this beauty. And uh, because I can get so caught up, I'm sure many of you have experienced this, if you've lived in Langley for a long time or in BC, you can get caught up in your preoccupations. If you're on the road, it's where you're going. It's the road, it's, you know, you're looking at other things. But I can recall on several occasions uh, driving with someone who's from out of BC, and I'll be in the passenger seat, or or they'll be be with me, and all of a sudden I'll hear them gasp. We'll have come to a point in the road where the view opens up, and they gasp and go, whoa, that's incredible. 
And I go, what? The mountains, they're amazing. And in those moments, I, I realize, yeah, my goodness, we live in a beautiful place. And it's because of those moments and being with people who can see Langley and can see our landscapes for the breathtaking beauty that they are, that those moments of seeing it myself and really enjoying it have come a lot more often. And what I want to propose this morning is that there are two different ways that we can see ourselves and each other. It's the same thing. Some people can see uh, the beauty. Some people can see um, the extraordinary parts of who we are uh, in Christ. Um, But for myself, I know I, for most of my life, have not seen that. My, My lenses, the way I see us, the way I see myself, has been largely detrimental, not, not good. Um, <clears throat> I can have had, I have had a, uh, a lens of judgment, a lens of objectification, a lens of comparison. Uh, I, I've seen people according to the ways that they're missing it because it makes me feel better about the ways that I'm missing it, or because I'm proud of the ways that I think I'm not. Um, I've seen people according to certain social standards, or in other words, uh, people's uh, cool factor. (laughs) And according to how cool they are, that's how much attention and respect I give them. Uh, I've seen people according to um, their intelligence, and uh, especially very intelligent people. I find I actually become a different person around them because I have this great need to impress them. I want them to know how intelligent I am, that I can go toe-to-toe with them and have good conversations. Now, these are examples, but I don't want them to be constricting for you, because what I want us to see this morning is we don't have to see that way. We do not have to see according to any lens but Christ and Christ alone. So to give this some scriptural context, I want to read from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 20 in the NIV. For Christ's love compels us, Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled to us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Now I want to point specifically to the verse where Paul says, from now on, we regard no one according to a worldly point of view. Because what I believe Paul is saying here is that we don't see anyone according to anything the world considers an aspect of your identity. So that could mean your eth- our ethnicity, our skin color, it could mean our sex, gender, uh, our sexuality, it's uh, our religion, our lifestyle, our economic status, what job we have, the level of education we have, could be our marital status, our parental status, our family structure, how many parents or siblings we have. It could be the clothes we wear, the car we drive, the house we live in, it's our bodies the size and shape, the measure of our physical beauty according to our culture's standards. It could be our disabilities and impairments, our mental health, our habits, our addictions, our sin, our failures, our successes. Now, I know I'm listing a lot of things, and inevitably this list can go on, But what I want us to see is that it's a vastly broad thing what Paul is talking about. He's effectively saying that in Christ, our earthly lives, every single aspect of our earthly lives has been stripped of the right to identify us. I'll say that again. In Christ, what I believe Paul is saying is that every single aspect of our earthly lives has been stripped of the right to identify us. And like Pastor Jason talked about last week, our identity has been fully defined by the resurrected Jesus. And it's by the power of the resurrection and through the Holy Spirit that we have been raised up into this new identity. So like it says in 1 John 4, as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is right now glorified, seated at the right hand of God, so we are in this world and we have the choice to see ourselves that way. Colossians 3 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that is to say, choose to look with the eyes of your heart on things above and choose to allow your thoughts and your perspectives, which is the way you see, Choose to allow that to be shaped by things above and not by earthly things. And later in Colossians 3, it says, You have put on the new self, 
which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Galatians 3 says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. These verses are declaring that the lens of these things that others might see is our identity are no longer our identity because we are in Christ and we are children of God. And I, I could pull out so many more verses and honestly, I think it, I was tempted to just, you know, read scripture this whole <laughs> talk, but... Uh, I won't do that, but what I will say again is that our lives, my life and your life, has been fully defined by the resurrected Jesus. Now, having this lens as the way we see ourselves and each other is not something we can just choose to do. This is the tough part. Because our flesh and our souls have been trained to identify by sin and death and our earthly existence. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and becomes the greatest gift that we have been given by God. I wanna read out of Romans 8, verse 12 to 17. And what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna have the words as it is in the Bible up here, but as we read it, I'm going to be rewording it according to sight language. Okay, so just follow along up there, but listen to how I reword it. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to see according to the flesh. For if you see according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will see. For all who are led, no, actually, all who see by the Spirit of God are the children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery that causes you to see according to your shame and fear, but you received a spirit that causes you to see according to the fact that you are children of God, adopted by God. And it is by this Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father, and it is this very Spirit bearing witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. So it is actually the Holy Spirit's job to reveal to us, to show us, to shape and form our perspective that we are His children. It's His task, it is His joy, it is, it is why He was given. One of, one of the grand purposes of the spirit within us. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, 
if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Okay, so this has been my experience in my journey with the Spirit. And I want to give you a, a practical example of how this has kind of uh, happened in my life. Um, so, Anthony, can you stand up for a second? Everybody, this is uh, my dear friend, Anthony, a wonderful person who I have prepared to be doing this, but uh, you can sit down now. <laughs> so say I were to look at Anthony, and because Anthony uh, has extraordinary muscular st structures, uh, I get intimidated. I'm looking at him and I see him as this, this vision of something I could be, something I maybe want to be. And because I'm not that, I feel ashamed because I'm looking at all his muscles. <laughs> and now that I'm ashamed, I feel compelled to judge him. And, and I start to think, well, maybe he, he works out because he's conceited or something. I, I don't know. I don't believe that about you. I, I love you. So this moment happens where I realize, oh, shoot, I'm thinking this way about Anthony, and I, don't want, I love Anthony. I don't want to think that way about him. So what do I do? I look away. And I, and I don't just mean physically look away. I mean like I try to stop thinking. Right? I try to remove my perspective from looking at Anthony and try to think about something else. I try really hard. And what the Holy Spirit showed me is he said, no, don't look away. But actually look at him and see him. Take the time to engage with who he is. Sit with it. And he wasn't talking about staring at him because, again, you don't, you're not just looking with your physical eyes. You're looking with your perspective, with your thoughts. And he said, sit with it and actually engage the process of coming out of how you see him, how you're thinking about him. Give it to me and let me testify to you. Let me bear witness to you who Anthony is. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. That, that it was profound. I was like, boom, I'm, I'm in it. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to become a different person like that. So I started trying really hard. I started trying to just change my perspective, and I found out very quickly I couldn't do it. I, I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the ability to change my own perspective. And it was uh, over the course of several months after the Holy Spirit had shown me this, I discovered as if for the first time that Jesus lives in me by his Holy Spirit. I had, I had this extraordinary, not, not a moment, it, it was a journey, but I had this revelation that he's, he's in me, he's actually in me. And because he's in me, because I can believe that and trust it and know it and experience it, I can step into who he is. And what I discovered is that within him inside of me, within the Holy Spirit living in me, there is everything I need. As Peter says, uh, whether 1 Peter or 2 Peter, I have no idea, but Peter says, 
We have everything we need for life and godliness. It's in him. And we can step in and we can allow him, as Pastor Jason said last week, the Holy Spirit is there that we may do these things, that we may become these things, not by our own strength, but by his. And it's all there. The fullness of God lives within us by his Holy Spirit. And so I made the choice again and again to enter his presence and I found the love, I found the perspective, I discovered who Anthony was. I discovered who I was. And this is my desire for this body of believers is that you would see yourselves the way that I was able to see you sitting back there, that you already look like him because he lives in you. You guys are gorgeous. That's not weird. Like Jesus is, is um, he's beautiful. And you guys are so beautiful. I, I could just stand here and say that for like 20 minutes because it's so abundantly true. You don't have to try. It's already there. It's already inside of you. He already lives there and he's already shining. I want this for this body, I want this for the global church that we would see Jesus and know that he is capable of transforming us into the fullness of the identity he's already given. And this is, this is what I see, this is my belief, and I, I want you to know you're powerful to disagree, disagree with me on this specific point, and actually the whole thing if you want, that's okay. But what I see is that much of the church, especially in the West, has not laid hold of this gospel identity. And because of that, the church has not loved. And because, because I've been talking about this worldly perspective, the way the world sees us, I, I want to be careful not to disparage the world, not to accidentally condemn the world, because in fact, the world has seen this issue clearer than the church in a lot of ways. The world has seen that the world does not have the right to tell us who we are. But not having the revelation of Jesus as our true identity the world has found a solution in giving the individual the responsibility, the burden to determine their own identity. And I don't blame them for it. Because we, as the church, have not given them the alternative. Instead, we've judged them for coming up with a solution, and very harshly. We have judged them without offering the good news of the gospel as the alternative. We have been like the servant who had his debt canceled and turned around and demanded payment of a much smaller debt. 
We have not brought a ministry of reconciliation. We have brought the law and with it condemnation and death. Our own shame and fear has been compelling us in our response to the world and this has to change. And it starts with us seeing ourselves according to the identity that we have already been giving, letting the love of God that is in Christ reveal that identity to us, that of a lost son or daughter who has been reconciled, who has been born of our heavenly Father, a new creation. We are those who have passed through death into the newness of life, and what we are is something altogether new and glorious. <laughs> um, in my process of writing this message with Pastor Jason, um, he would write notes and, and he just, uh, he says he doesn't even remember writing it, but he wrote um, for the end of my message an example of an invitation. But it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, the way he wrote it. And so, especially at not having him here, I want you to hear from your pastor that he is also inviting you <laughs> into this revelation of your identity. So I'm going to read word for word what he wrote here. The resurrection renews the world because all of humanity is invited to identify with it. To declare that I am raised with Christ, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. I am filled with the Spirit of God. I am called to be more than I ever thought possible. Not by my strength, but by his. Friends, my life has been transformed by this revelation. There is a journey to go on still, and I'm right there with him. <laughs> As Paul says, I haven't obtained all this. There is a journey. But what if, what if we started today with this truth? What if every day this week we started our mornings with a quiet prayer? My failures and successes of the day do not define me. My place as a child of God is all that I need and more than enough. It is my identity. Spirit, lead me. Amen. Uh, worship team, you can, you can make your way to the stage. Um, I am going to pray. But before I do that, I want us to engage with this. So... As it said in the Romans passage, the Holy Spirit is within us bearing witness. And as Pastor Jason preached last week, spirit is the same word as breath. So, and I need this too because I've still got jitters. I want us all to take a deep breath and just engage the Holy Spirit within us. Turn your hearts towards him. And as I pray, Discover, listen, hope, expect that you will be told who you are.
Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for all of these beautiful, beautiful people who have been called according to your purpose, who do stand already identified by your son, identified by the resurrection. I thank you and I praise you for the gift of the Spirit, this glorious, this wondrous, this extraordinary gift that you have placed within each of us. And I pray right now, Lord, that as we sit here in the breath, in the Spirit, knowing you're with us, knowing you live in us, I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak. Bear witness. You want it more than we do. Break through, Lord. Break through the doubt. Break through the fear. Break through the shame. Whatever might be standing as an obstacle to your voice, break through, Holy Spirit. Pour out your grace. Pour out the truth of who you have defined us to be. And as we stand and sing, Lord, may we see each other and ourselves the way that I saw them while we were singing before, that we are gorgeous, <laughs> that we are amazing because we look like Jesus. We don't have to try. We don't have to strive. We don't have to bite our lip, clench our teeth, try to look like him. You did it. You put him inside of us. You created us anew. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.